Hi, this is Stacy Aldridge, and I'm in the studio today with my husband, John. Welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. This is part three of a series talking about what is the purpose of life. And last week, we were talking about suffering. What's your theology of suffering? And we have landed and are presenting to you the truth that the purpose of life is our sanctification, the salvation of our souls, our maturity in Christ, that God is ultimately and totally committed to change us into his likeness in how we see, what we feel, how we pray, what we do in every aspect of our being. He is growing us up in him. And there's nothing quite like suffering to hone us, to transform us. He uses it in our lives. And we talked a little bit about the fact that people who have been in great travail, massive suffering, and have endured it with Christ have said that it has become the greatest gift he has ever given. Things that we would not want people to endure, not want them to experience, they say they wouldn't trade it for the world because of how they know God now. Whoa. So we want to talk about that and wrestle with that. But further, we want to go on to the next subject. Because if God is transforming us and growing us up, inviting us to see as he sees, grieve over what he grieves for, be moved by what he moves for, then we need to ask, how does he see death? How does Jesus view death? Because frankly, he doesn't seem too concerned about it. This is hard, gang. Like, we understand that this is touching places in you and in us that are painful and confused and hurt and angry. And we want to understand how to pray. We want to know how to pray for healing. We want to see goodness and our lives and the lives of those we love. But what we're trying to do is work our way very clearly through these topics because as you get clarity on the purpose of life and the purpose of maturity and suffering and now to talk about death, like it's going to bring you great clarity. So this actually all began out of a conversation on healing prayer, physical healing. And why does it seem to work sometimes and why not in others? And how do we learn to pray? Jesus clearly healed people and invites us to do the same. And my goodness, we want it for those we love. And we kind of had this little bit of an aha moment because we were talking about elderly parents and grandparents. And at some point, let's just start here with this clarity. At some point, you know, grandma's 92. Like, it's time to stop praying for healing for heaven's sakes, let her go. My goodness. Like at some point to try and hold on to someone here in this life, we're, we're praying for grandpa and he's 91 and we're just praying for his healing. And I want to go, why? Stop it. He probably wants to go. Let him go. And the reason being is because you understand that death is gain. Death is victory, friends. What mm -hmm. is your view of death? I'm absolutely baffled by Christians' fear of and this fight against passing into the kingdom. Are you kidding me? Like grandma and grandpa are going to be glorious if you let them go. Mm. 
They're going to be absolutely radiant, young, beautiful, totally healed. They're going to step into joy and the feast and the kingdom Mm. and the presence of God. The scripture takes a very, very different view of death than we do. The last time I spoke to my mom with her eyes blue and clear and deep and her beauty revealed, her soul revealed like I had never seen it before. And I had to part. I had to say goodbye. And I said, the next time we see each other, we will both be glorious. And I know that it's true. I know that it's true. This is the center point of our faith. The center point of our faith is overcoming death. It's not good little life. It's not. Where is your sting? Exactly. Right. I mean, people don't martyr themselves to get a better lawn. (laughs) Right? The martyrs down through the ages have stood triumphantly in the face of persecution and death because they knew that the great reward was coming. Mm -hmm. They would step into the kingdom, Mm -hmm. life eternal. Mm -hmm. Paul says, to me, death is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Like dying is a good thing. Paul even goes on to say, I actually wish I could leave. I need to stay here because God has shown me I need to stay here for your benefit. But otherwise, dying is gain. Now, this is not permission to take your life. This is not permission to make agreements with that, okay? But when Jesus is about to die, he turns to his closest friends and he says to them, rejoice. Rejoice. I get to go back to the Father. Like, Jesus wanted his closest, dearest friends to rejoice at his death, knowing that it would release him from his suffering back into the arms of his father. Okay, let's confess my stomach is a little tight here. I know this is true. I believe it with everything. And when you're with a person who has been suffering a long time and they are ready to be released from this body and to enter into full healing, yes, you want them to go and live, continue living, but in fullness. There is this little part that I just admit we're fearing death, not ultimately, but it is an unknown. Everybody has to go through it. Odds are highly in your favor that you're going to die. I'm thinking that only one in all of history hasn't, and that wasn't Jesus. So, but there is the place of like, yes, there is the human. I don't know what that's going to be like crossing over. There's mercy there. But I do know that God's grace will be present there. Then, you know, it's that whole Corey Ten Boom. You get the ticket for the train when you get on the train. We don't know what it's going to be like for us or for others, but we do know that God is good and that he has promised that his grace will be sufficient. But not to fear it as the end of all things. It's not. It's the beginning of all things. Well, and it's even more than that. You actually don't die. Ah, very good. Whatever it is that you conceive of death to be, you actually don't die. When Jesus was revealed on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John were with him there, and they saw two people suddenly Mm -hmm. standing there talking to Jesus, Moses and Elijah. And what's amazing is, first off, they recognize them. Oh, look, there's Moses. There's Elijah. How did they know that? They never met Moses or Elijah, (laughs) right? And then secondly, 
They're having a conversation. Yes. A lengthy conversation, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah are, and they're talking about his coming death. Moses and Elijah were quite well. They were just fine. They were radiant. They were glorious. They were themselves. Ah, big deep breath. It's just a reminder, right? We don't. You actually don't die. Dallas Willard says, for the Christian, eternity has already begun. Mm -hmm. Your eternal life is not something that's related to the calendar. Right. In other words, it comes later after you clock out. Mm -hmm. Eternal life has begun for the believer. You have eternal life now. You are an eternally living being now, right now. And when you pass into the next realm, better word, it's not trauma. Fear, darkness, this is where we've really been robbed again by, in our culture, we have so sanitized death and we've so removed it from most people's experiences. You weren't there when your mom passed away, but your sister was. You remember her, she told the story of her reaction? Yeah, I got to the room right after, but she lit up. Suddenly, you know, my mom, who had her eyes closed and not able to move for 24 hours, suddenly her face lit up, her eyes opened. And then her spirit left. There are so many stories of this, Mm -hmm. of people who have been, you know, out, comatose for weeks. And when it's their moment to pass, sitting bolt upright in bed and this huge smile coming across their face and sometimes even saying, Jesus. And then, like, this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this is so deeply connected to, like, a lot of the anguish and the prayer and all of this is around preventing death. And I get it. Look, I get it. Like, if one of our sons was in an automobile accident tomorrow and they were in the hospital, you believe it. I'm going to be praying like I've never prayed before. Of course. Of course. But at the same time, my heart and my theology says death is not to be feared. This isn't some great battle that we're about to lose. I think that word, loss. You understand that death for the Christian is victory. Death for the Christian is victory. This is the centerpiece of our faith. Mm. This is what we've banked absolutely everything on. Mm -hmm. But I think what's happened is we kind of shifted over to, no, what we've banked everything on is somehow learning how to do miracles and somehow God protecting our life and somehow... You know, and people will say, oh, he lived such a full life, you know, referring to Uncle Joe who died at 87. And I want to go, a full life? You understand that people used to live to be 700, 800, 900 years old. Like 87 years is nothing. That is so short that it's not a full life. Like we're kind of whacked here, gang, on our perspective of like what a full life is. A full life is life in the kingdom. Okay, because you threw me there a little bit. Wait, I'm supposed to pray that he lives to be 700 or 800 now? No, no, no. Okay. It's that the full life is coming. Like we're tasting now. This is the shadow lands. There's beauty and goodness and marvelousness. But the fullness, the fullness is when we pass into life, 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 life. Death for the Christian is victory. It's not defeat. It's not, oh, we couldn't heal so-and-so, and and so we're terrible at prayer, and we really blew it, and this was a great loss. For the believer? Are you kidding me? For the believer. Isn't the victory then when you hold on to your faith, 
when you deepen in your knowledge of the love of God, when you love and you love and you love till you pass over, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that's holy. Exactly. Yeah, there was a very beautiful moment recently. We were praying for a friend who's suffering right now. And and one of the people in our little prayer group saw an angel with them in the hospital room there, and the angel was worshiping God. There was like a holiness to the moment. They weren't being healed by the angel. The angel was there and was worshiping God. And the holiness of the moment was that this person in suffering was choosing God. Like for a human being to love God and choose God in the midst of suffering is one of the most holy, breathtaking things that ever takes place on the planet. Maybe the most. It's easy to love God when everything's going great, gang. Right? I mean, Jesus says, what reward have you in that? There's no reward in that, right? Loving God when everything's going great? Anybody can do that. The unbeliever can do that. But to choose God and love God in the midst of suffering? I don't want to embarrass him, but I had the privilege of being with Craig this summer in one of his severe times of suffering in the hospital. And he was racked with pain and shaking. It was awful. And when he was able to catch his breath and breathe again, what came out of his mouth was, I love you, God. I love you, God. You are good. I worship you, Jesus. And then came the suffering and his inability to speak again. Okay, holy. Another friend of mine said, we need more people around Christians who are dying because it is, whoa. It's inexplicable. Yes. It's inexplicable except for the hope of God. We worship you now, even Jesus. We worship you. And we we confess we don't understand all things, but we want to grow. We want to grow up and grow in understanding. Yes. Here's the thing, honey, is that I had this conversation with you when you were in a season and you were really sick. And God, you know, just bring it to me like, should you pass? And the fear that gripped my heart. And the truth is, is that I'm not afraid for you. Like when it comes time, let me go and I will let you go because I know it is well with you. But the thing is, is that I'm not afraid of you dying. I'm not looking forward to living without you. Yes. And just to know, even in that, for those of you that are listening, that maybe you have a dear one that you are contending for and praying for and what is gripping your heart or that they're not going to live forever in heaven. But you don't want to live without them. Yeah is to know that our God, our God will give us everything we need when we need it. His grace will come. He is generous and lavish. And even in our grief and our sorrow, and we will grieve, he will be enough. And the reason that you don't feel that now is because you don't need that yet. We get very apprehensive, like, oh, my goodness, what would it be like to suffer? Like, I see my dear one suffering. What will it be like if I lose them? And we project into these things, and we don't feel the strength for it now because you don't need the strength for it now. Yeah. The grace will be provided for you when you need it. So here's what we've been doing. We've been trying to talk about what is the purpose of life? Is it happy life now? Is that the goal of our faith? 
What is abundant life? And why don't we talk about reward anymore? Have we shifted to the idea that abundant life means everything working well now and heaven? The purpose of life is the sanctification of your soul. The purpose of life is you becoming one with the Father. As MacDonald said, because we are sons and daughters, let us become sons and daughters. The purpose of life is knowing God. And then we talked about the maturing process and that God is clearly committed to our maturity. Clearly. There's just undeniable in Scripture that that is what he is primarily about. And you all know that nothing shapes a person's character like suffering. So you just can't remove it from the equation and say that maturity will happen some other way. It doesn't. And then this last session, we've been talking about what is it that we're fearing here in death? and how for the Christian, death is victory. Death is triumph. Jesus' posture was, rejoice at my death. Paul's posture was, I would much rather leave. So Paul wasn't thinking that this life was where he was going to mostly experience the abundant life. He says, oh man, if I had my druthers, I'm out of here. Are you kidding me? And if that's not our posture, then maybe we're clinging to this life in ways that are going to really hurt us, really break our hearts. So we're slowly taking steps towards understanding where healing and breakthrough and suffering and thy kingdom come fit in the current life of the believer on this side of things. How do we understand that? And we'll go there next time. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John and Stacy Eldridge. 